things have to change. I think we all can agree on that much. This head coach isn't exactly casual about effecting change. We probably can agree on that too. So what will make that change happen? Hmm, I have an idea. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers versus Jets, Sunday, 1.02 p.m. at Acrisure Stadium. And maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the event that affects the change, whether anyone wants it internally or not. Look, I'm not going to come within a million circumferences of terrible towel swings of suggesting that, hey, maybe it would be great if the Steelers lost this game. I, I don't really think like that. Yes, I was in Pittsburgh whenever everyone really wanted the Penguins to lose for Mario Lemieux. I was in Pittsburgh whenever Pirates fans were into tanking near the end of a season so they could get the number one overall pick and all that other stuff. It's just so blah, you know? And it feels like it's 10 times more blah when it comes to the Steelers because they're always there. They're always contending. And really, if you think about it, the situations aren't similar. This is a football team that has a handful of really, really talented players. Three of them elite when they're at their best and one of them the very best in the world on the defensive side. It's not like you can just say, ah, go ahead and lose this game so that they can fire the offensive coordinator and change the quarterback. But then you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody's rooting interest is in a given game. What matters is the outcome and the impact that the outcome would have, I believe, on this situation. I'm sorry, but I have a very hard time visualizing the Steelers, after losing to the Jets, after being one and three, waking up on Monday morning, all of them, all of the people who matter, particularly Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, and Art Rooney, not necessarily in that order, and saying, you know what? We just got to stick with it. We've got the Bills and the Eagles and the Dolphins, and we just got to just put our heads to the grindstone or whatever the terminology is and just be better. I just don't see that. What I would see is one and three. What I would see is a three-game losing streak. What I would see is a loss at home to the Jets. And if that loss comes in the form of another offensive egg, I just don't see how Monday would be like any other Monday. It's the perfect time to advance your career and invest in yourself. Point Park University has lowered tuition on many master's degrees. Pay the same low master's price for courses online or on their gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus. Whatever works best for you. Choose from more than 30 Point Park master's and doctoral degrees. Save thousands of dollars with Point Park's reduced master's tuition. Visit pointpark.edu graduate.
Matt Canada had his weekly session with reporters yesterday, and he wanted to be gruff. He wanted to be short. He wanted to be uh, acting like the reporters are a big nuisance to him and the work that he has at hand. And he tried at times to steer away from that and show at least a little bit of accountability and whatever. But then he also said this. I think Coach Tomlin did such a good job of, you know, having a singular focus on where we're at. And I said it there. I'll probably say it five times in this little fun session we're having. I, uh, we're not, you know, we haven't scored enough points. So until we do that, we have to keep going and keep going and keep going. And there's a million reasons why. We just have to keep doing it, keep finding ways to get our guys involved and make those plays critical time. You catch that little line in there? The fun little session, this fun little session that we're having? That's grade school. That's what that is. That's a line that you hear from a college coach. A college coach who's nowhere near mature enough to be able to handle the kind of pressure that you face in the NFL. And if that feels to you like it dovetails with what you see on the field, meaning that he just might be totally in over his head, there you go. Understand, by the way, even though that sounds like a shot at reporters, I've been in this business all my life. We actually really relish that sort of thing. Why? Because it makes it a more interesting quote. A more interesting quote makes it a more interesting story. There's nothing there that you take personally and you go, oh, no, he doesn't think this little session is fun. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to give you a little bit of a glimpse into who and what this guy is. Whether it's personally, I don't care, but professionally. You say stuff like that when you're feeling under siege and to be really candid here, when you're insecure. That's what that is. That's what that is. There was a little bit of that at times from Todd Haley. None of it whatsoever from Randy Feetner or Bruce Arians or the other guys who held that position. Insecurity. It's exactly what it is. Want to know who's a really, really good judge of character? Mike Tomlin. You can say whatever it is that you want about him from whether it's a schematic or personnel choices or whatever, but he's really, really into people. He's really into identifying who and what they are. Now, go ahead and snap right back at me. Well, he's also the one who hired slash promoted Canada. Okay, great. Everybody makes mistakes. Doesn't mean that they aren't recognized. There's no earthly way that Tomlin deals with this individual on a daily basis and doesn't realize everything that I'm saying here for himself. He is capable of sniffing out somebody's personality quirk, for better or worse, from 50 yards away. I've seen it with my own eyes. But ultimately, it won't be about personality. It's going to be about the professional. And what has to happen in a professional environment is that you have to produce. This offense under this coordinator and this quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, and I pretty much see them at a level balance when it comes to blame, is a catastrophe. If it continues to be a catastrophe against the Jets, then doing nothing about it on Monday morning will be... Wow, I mean, negligence of an order I don't think I can recall. 
from the Steelers or the Rooney family. When we come back, J1Q. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbin, Kelly and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Melissa Hellman, and she asks, very simply, is this the beginning of the end of football? And my answer to that, Melissa, is no, it's not. Uh, Anybody who doesn't know what Melissa is asking about didn't stay up last night to watch Tua Tagovailoa of the Dolphins getting carted off after uh, a hit that sent his head into the ground, at which point his hands convulsed in front of his face in what's known as the fencing mechanism when the brain basically just goes into defensive mode and shuts down, uh, meaning shuts down extremity activity. And it's just a terrifying sight. And for those of you who follow the Steelers to have it happening in Cincinnati, yeah. Ryan Shazier was among the, who knows what the number would be, thousands upon thousands of people wishing to a well on Twitter. The Dolphins ended up announcing, oh, probably about a half hour after the incident that Tua had feeling in his extremities. And man, you know, Melissa, uh, I was there the night that, 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 uh, Ryan got taken off the field in Cincinnati and I saw sports through a very different light that night between that site, which actually was right in front of the press box and, then being down in the locker room afterward and dealing with people like Vince Williams, who's his best friend. And you can't even come up with questions and they can't come up with answers. It's, it's something that shakes you to your core. And I'm sure that people watching on TV also were shaken to the core, even if it's not your team or your player or whatever the case would be. That said, this situation couldn't be more different than Shazier's. If you're new to the situation, Tua also was hurt Sunday. The Dolphins playing on a short week. And his head was hit. He was pushed back. It kind of snapped and it went into the ground. And as he got up and started trotting back toward what would be the huddle, he stumbled forward, very awkward looking. It wasn't like he slipped or something. And he was taken out of the game and he was deemed okay to return. Now that's done by a third party. And at the time, the Dolphins announced 
that he had a head injury. The next day, miraculously, the Dolphins injury report has Tua's having a back injury. What happened to the head injury? Uh, who knows? But it wasn't there. And Tua participated in the one practice that you're allotted on a short week, as we saw with the Steelers last week. And there he was playing last night against overwhelming public sentiment, including from the Dolphins' own fans, who you would think if they were being cold-blooded about it would just say, hey, toughen up, kid, go out there and get him, because that's how we used to do it back in the days of leather helmets and whatever else here. No, the outcry in South Florida was no, no, especially not on the short week. And then this happens. The Dolphins are not run by a savory bunch of people. And I'm not going to go too deeply into this because this is not daily shot of Dolphins. But when something hits home, it hits home. And for this, again, to be in Cincinnati where Shazier was hurt, only this time to have a team be, I don't even know if complicit is the right term, responsible the team controls whether or not the player plays. You're going to have a lot of people over the next few days. This is going to be by far the top story in football and probably one of the top stories in the country. Parsing back and forth as to, well, the the neurologist said everything was okay and they cleared him or whatever else. They're going to be passing the buck left and right. Ultimately, ultimately, the team makes the decision as to whether or not the player can play on a Thursday night on a short week right after having had his head slammed into the ground and then getting up and nearly collapsing as he stumbled forward in full view of the planet. The Dolphins were okay with doing that. I got to tell you, I, I love football. I've loved football my whole life since the earliest childhood recollections that I have. It was easy to love football as a child in Pittsburgh. You know, for me, that was the 70s. All they did was win. It's a violent sport, but it's a beautiful one. I've loved the game. I've gotten to love a lot of the people who play the game at all levels. I once conducted a concussion symposium. This was over at the Carnegie Science Center. And I presided over a panel that included a handful of people representing each of Pittsburgh's teams. Neil Walker, for example, was there for the Pirates. And Merrill Hodge was the one speaking on behalf of the Steelers in football. And I got to tell you, I did not see Merrill getting as animated as he did. But he had told me in advance, he said, just watch. <laughs> I'm going to light this stage on fire. And he did. He was livid over what he felt was the unfair singling out of football when it came to concussion discussions and debates. He felt everyone was talking about, well, pretty much what you just brought up there, meaning the, you know, the death of football or the end of football. And he said, if all we do is manage it properly, if all we do is understand and study and analyze and then from there respond and react responsibly, 
this sport absolutely unequivocally can be managed. It can be made safer. It can be made safer a little bit more with each passing year, whether that's modifying the kickoff rules, whether that's wearing those goofy great gazoo helmets that you're seeing in practice now. And by the way, the Steelers wore again yesterday at practice. Little by little, it can get better. But not when a team is allowed to behave the way the Dolphins have. I'm not naive enough to think Roger Goodell will do anything about this because Roger Goodell doesn't do a damn thing about anything, including Ray Rice punching a woman on camera. But I'd like to think that the National Football League Players Association would stick up for one of its players. I'd like to think that people around the league, including chiefly the players, will pipe up about this, as some of them began to do last night on social media. Because if they don't protect themselves from that type of behavior, they're going to be next. I appreciate the question. I'm so glad you sent this to me because I... I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to work this into the show because it's, again, it's not directly a Steelers topic, but uh, I'm welcoming any and all feedback on this as I do with every uh, subject of every episode. We will have another Daily Shot of Steelers on Monday after the game against the Jets. And my goodness, could that be eventful? Thank you so much for listening. As always, it's never taken for granted. 